Welcome to the Liberty Block. This is Alu Axelman. I'd like to do a brief podcast and video today on pretty much the same idea that I outlined in an article published two days ago on the 9th on libertyblock.com. The title is What is Money? I've wanted to write this for a while ago. I actually bumped into Mr. Yankee Stacking at Tim's Coin Shop a few days ago, and I told him I was in the middle of the article. I was going to publish it. Hopefully that night and never got around to it, and a bunch of other stuff happened, and then I flew home from work the next day and had a baby, and I've been juggling the baby and my wife and a lot of other stuff the last few days, so I finally finished that article and published it two days ago, and pretty much in the article, I say what I wanted to say for a while, which is, at least in my opinion, what makes for good money? What makes something, gold, silver, a dollar, crypto, cryptocurrency, uh, other currencies, fiat, what makes that good money versus bad money? And I, I did a bit of research and, and it confirmed the eight things I had already written down pretty much. There were exactly, there was a list of seven, a list of like five or something different characteristics that money might have. So I'm going to go through those eight real quick that I do in the article. I'll embed the podcast in the article and the article in the podcast show notes. And then I'm going to show you guys a little tip, a tiny little thing I do when I carry goldbacks to carry them in the most uh, effective and safe way to protect them from um, being worn out, essentially. Um, goldbacks are not quite as durable at this point as the Federal Reserve notes. I do think Federal Reserve notes, the dollars, the paper, you can you can cr crumple it up and it's essentially you know worth the same amount, obviously, but also it it's preserves itself uh, durably. I think a little better at this point. Hopefully Goldback can improve that tiny bit of an issue, but you can carry them a little better in a very simple way in any wallet, any men's bifold, trifold wallet. You can carry them so that they maintain their perfect shape and physical appearance and everything. Obviously women who generally carry a purse or and or a long wallet, kind of like the Goldback wallet that I have here. This is from Goldback, and obviously it fits the Goldbacks, but women don't need this. Women already carry wallets pretty much this size. This has, like, Goldbacks. There's one here. And um, it has a bunch of these different slots for different size Goldbacks. You can carry them in different pockets. It's pretty much like a woman's kind of wallet. Um, but for men, they have an issue because what they do is they crease the Goldback. But first, I just want to go over the very basic characteristics that I think make something good money. And in the article, I list them. There's no particular order, I don't think. Um, the first thing I listed down was scarcity. Money obviously has to be scarce. To be used as good money, it can't be you know sand or uh, regular salt water from an ocean because you know purified water or you know good spring water is actually a relatively scarce commodity. That's why they can sell it for a few dollars. Cases of water were you know three four dollars. Now because of inflation, they're you know they're closer to six seven eight. $9 for a case of like 24 water bottles. But it's definitely a, a commodity. It has some scarcity because it's been packaged in a certain way. And we'll, we'll probably get back to that later. Um, because the packaging and the format something is in a, a given resource, that matters as well. But seawater, water in the oceans that cover what, uh, two-thirds of the world or something is what they say. Um, that is very abundant, pretty much. Uh, fully abundant and it's not scarce therefore it's not really valuable sand rocks uh something that's everywhere is not very scarce on the opposite end of that would be um 
you know, maybe diamonds. Diamonds aren't that scarce, actually. Um, not as scarce as the, the big diamond wants you to think. But, you know, gold is very scarce and it has to be dug up. There's a lot of labor in it. It has to be explored and found and dug up and refined and then put into a usable form or, you know, or a nice jewelry form, 24K or 14K, and, and has to be, you know, um, packaged in a certain way. So there, there's a lot of process there. But before we even get to the second one, which is value, we have to talk about our sponsor, Local Silvermint, thelocalsilvermint.com, and go see Silver Dave. Tell him the Liberty Block sent you. He'll give you a special discount literally just for our readers and listeners. I go to Silver Dave for pretty much all my silver. I'll go to Tim's Coin Shop, and I'm lazy, and I, I want to stay in Manchester, but uh, Silver Dave is in where? New Hampshire. I don't know if you can see this. Actually, it's backwards. Yeah, here's his construction company, the Silver Mint. His construction company, his uh, Silver Mint company is called Heavy Metal Construction, but the shop is called the local Silver Mint because he does mint his own stuff. He has beautiful 10-ounce bars and one-ounce bars and everything and one-tenth ounce bits that he has. I have tons of these already. I love them. They're like $3.50, $4, $5 a piece. You can buy little stuff with them. Um, he does also have gold backs there, so go check out local Silver Mint. And here's his card if you're interested. So... The second thing is value. An item should have some inherent value. Obviously, it's a little confusing. What does inherent value mean? Um, is the dollar valuable? Yes, only insofar as it can buy stuff. Still, right now in 2023, when I'm recording this video on January 11th, you know, you can go to a store with Federal Reserve notes and you can buy things. Therefore, it has value because people will will accept it. Um, gold has a different kind of inherent value. It's inherently valuable as a very useful metal and a beautiful and uh, malleable metal and gold and silver are, you know, some of the best conductors of uh, energy of electricity. And obviously silver is used in, in mirrors and all that stuff and, and tons of other electronics, gold and silver have to be used for because they're essentially the best conductors. Gold is also one of the most dense and one of the most malleable metals, I believe. So, you know, they have all these inherent um, qualities. Also silver in some sense is antibacterial or antiviral. You know, that's why it was put in, in the teeth, uh, silver, gold, teeth i think both i don't know someone in the comments will correct me uh but yeah i think one or both was used in, in the uh fake teeth like caps or crowns for for years for a long time um so they had you know it should have some some value again a rock doesn't necessarily have inherent value except as a paperweight next we have um portable and storable and by the way for all of these characteristics i, I kind of rank the various currencies i made a little chart in the bottom of the article on libertyblock.com and I'll try to put it in the video somewhere. It ranks, at least in my opinion, again, from uh, dollars, gold, goldbacks specifically, silver, and cryptocurrency in general. Again, there are a lot of cryptos and some are better than others. But I kind of rank them on on all of these eight characteristics, at either with a, a check mark, so a yes or a no or a somewhat. I know I, I was thinking of giving them 100% ratings, you know, 100% on a scale of 0 to 100, how good they are in that characteristic, but I didn't have quite the time and energy to do that. So anyway, number three, I wrote portable and storable. Great money should be both storable, like you can store it in your house or something, or in a safe, and portable. Um, and I explained in the, in the article, something like cows are a good asset, you know, cars, Lamborghinis, they're worth a lot, but you can't store 17 of them in your house and you can't carry 12 of them in your wallet. You can't carry Lamborghinis or cows or sheep or chickens. Um, so they're decent. They could be bartered, but I would kind of stop there. I would call them decent barter. I've known people to actually barter for chickens and stuff, um, but not very practical for carrying in a wallet to be used as money. 
because you're not going to carry 17 chickens um, and then buy some things. Like you're not going to buy some of my books with, uh, you know, chickens or cows. Um, I would sell you one of my books for a chicken, but but the chicken's probably worth a lot more than that. And again, it's hard to transport. You can't carry a ton in your wallet, whereas good money, you can carry pretty much as much as you want in a wallet. You can carry, uh, you know, a hundred, hundred dollar bills. That's like $10,000 in your wallet. That's a lot of value. You can carry goldbacks. You can carry a lot of 50 goldbacks, um, the, the 25 bill, the 50 goldback bill. You can carry a lot of value, enough to buy a lot of stuff, but it should be um, also divisible, which is number four, down to a small amount. So that Lamborghini, that cow, that sheep, that chicken, that house, that one ounce of gold, if it's a one ounce gold round, I don't have any gold, but I have silver to show you rounds. I don't have any one ounce rounds of silver yet. Um, but it should be divisible down to make a small purchase. People say, you know, cheeseburger or a bottle of water, you know, about a dollar, two dollars worth of value or five dollars worth of value to buy a small meal or a snack. One ounce of silver, uh, one ounce of gold in an ounce round can't really do that you can't cut it in half you know it's not practical and they don't know the exact number um so again gold backs they do that they're divisible and the dollar does this very well as well obviously the dollar can go to a one dollar bill that can buy, make a very small purchase um even smaller nowadays with inflation so one dollar doesn't get you a much of anything nowadays but again a dollar but also they go down to one cent they stopped minting the pennies the one penny i believe in 2022 or 2023 they're stopping but they have you know nickels and dimes and quarters and some half dollars and some dollars. So they are, it's very divisible. And the gold back as well, divisible down to one gold back, which is again, around worth $3.90 at the time of this recording. And you can check out goldback.com every day for the exchange rate and a calculator. So um, they both do pretty well on this. Silver does decently with the silver bits that Silver Dave mints. And um, crypto obviously is infinitely divisible down to a Satoshi, which is like a one billionth of a Bitcoin or something. So uh, number five I have here is stability, and that's where, again, the, the dollar is really bad because it's not stable. It's not volatile both ways. So it doesn't go up and down. It just goes down. Um, technically, some days the dollar goes up versus other currencies like the euro. Um, but as far as an overall value, when you compare it to commodities, like how much you actually buy from the grocery store, the dollar has been in a decline consistently and pretty steeply every day pretty much for the last 110 years. Because since 1913, when they created the Federal Reserve, and I've written about that historically from a few other articles, I'll link here. So it's it's not stable. Dollar's not stable. We all know cryptocurrencies are not stable at all. They're super volatile. They go up and down, very volatile. So they a good money should be stable so you can have predictability. You should be able to know that if I work for you know $100 for this day or for, you know I worked for 25 goldbacks in these few hours, I know that that will buy me – uh, you know, roughly 25 gallons of milk, or it'll buy me my groceries for a week or two. You have to have some predictability, some stability. Otherwise, it's not great money. That's why when, when people ask if cryptocurrency is good money, I say generally it's it's great, except that it's so volatile. That's I think it's one biggest flaw that it's super volatile and it requires some technical know-how. And if your phone fails or dies or something, or electricity is down or internet's down, then you're kind of screwed. So other than that, I love crypto. Now. There are cryptocurrencies that are more stable. They're called stable coins. They're essentially based on a fiat currency. So that essentially gets rid of pretty much that whole issue of stability. So that's great. So you can use those cryptos for that. Um, so I, so the gold back, again, wins on stability. It's been very stable. It's steadily going up versus the dollar. It's really staying stable. The dollar going down, but it's going up versus the dollar. Um, so gold back, I would say, is very stable. Again, it's based on gold. It's made of gold. And I'll show you the gold back in a minute. Number six I have here is durable. Um the money should, the velocity of money, velocity means speed, 
the velocity of money means the speed at which it goes around the economy, meaning um, good money should have, obviously, great velocity. It should be transferred around a lot. We all know dollar bills are transferred, whatever, a thousand times a month uh, between people. You get a dollar, you give it to him, he buys something else, he buys from his supplier, he gives it to his friend, he buys something, he puts it in a bank, someone takes it out of a bank, that one dollar bill physically with the same serial number, travels a lot. Gold back also, you know, and every good currency should have velocity, meaning it has to be durable, meaning physically it has to be able to withstand wear and tear. This can withstand wear and tear. This is a 10-ounce bar. Um, silver rounds and silver bits withstand it very well. Dollar bills do withstand it very well. They get frayed, but they're they're fine. They're totally fine no matter what happens to them. Um, now, the gold backs on durability, I would not give them a 100% like I would for the dollars, to be honest. Um, but they're really, really good. And at the end of the video, I'm going to show you how to make them more durable or last longer. Um, again, they're they're like bills. You can bend them. You can just put them, you know, in whatever shape you want, and they'll be fine. They're still they have gold content in them. Um, can you beat these up just like you beat up a one ounce silver round? Um, yeah, you can, and it's will not lose any value. Um, that being said, taking them in and out of your wallet, increasing them a billion times, will make them not look so nice. And after you know, 31 trillion times messing around with them, eventually I think the corner could peel a tiny bit. That's that's an issue that I've brought up to the gold back people. Um, a few things. Number one, I think they're always improving in their uh, quality control and all that. Um, so I think that that'll improve. But also, they say the corner should not come up and expose the actual gold underneath unless you really try to do it or you treat it like crap for a long time. Um, but I agree. I would still say it's an issue with durability. Um but one of the things they do that's great is they always allow you to exchange it and totally no cost. If you see it in person or ship it to them, um, and now that we have a gold back official branch in Manchester, New Hampshire, at least, where, you know, the capital of liberty and sound money in the world, you can just walk right in. It's on Hamer Street. Walk right in and they'll exchange any gold backs, I believe, because that's officially gold back slash UPMA slash Alpine Gold, I believe. So, but that, that'll be coming soon and I'll try to keep you posted on that. So you can always exchange them anytime. And the gold bag people come to New Hampshire fairly often. So if you see them say, hey, I have a gold. I saw Benjamin, the um, general counsel, the lawyer for gold back, And I, I said I had a $1 bill that someone had given me, not me. I don't crease them, but someone creased it really bad. And I wanted to exchange it. He exchanged it, no problem, no questions asked. So the, and they recycle them and stuff because it has gold in it. So that's the durability. So the dollar, again, does well. The dollar is like pretty much perfect. Gold back is near perfect and it's improving. And you can always exchange them to recycle. And um, crypto, obviously, I gave it, like I think, a non-applicable. Um, it's obviously durable, except the internet thing. The the seventh is an interesting one. Number seven characteristic good money has to have is acceptable. It has to have a network where people accept it. Again, this is kind of like a circular logic type of thing, but I put it in here because it's very important, obviously. If your money, even if you say it's good, again, I can talk all day. I can say the back is pretty and beautiful and it's made of 24 karat gold. Literally, it's gold. Um, I can say all these nice things and I love it, but if it's not accepted by a lot of businesses or a majority or whatever that that uh, number is that makes it substantial in your area, I don't know if it's 10%. I'm sure there are some scientists who know, some economists, but if if enough businesses in your area don't accept it, it's not really worth check. Can you tip a hot waitress with it? Yes. Will she love you? Maybe. Um, you can give it as gifts. Uh, but other than that, if it's not accepted at stores, it's not worth much. So the good news is that it is accepted by over 100 businesses in New Hampshire, and that number is increasing like daily. I paid literally today, I paid for a big purchase from my house with gold backs and um, from a professional who, who came to install a water heater. And um, yesterday I bought some 
uh, beef jerky chips with it, with Goldbacks. So in, it's really a very common thing in New Hampshire. These books that I have, I've sold um, around 10, 20% of my sales come in Goldbacks or silver or crypto. So it's it's used a lot. Like the velocity of Goldbacks in New Hampshire is really, really good, actually. Like these go around like dollars. They go around in New Hampshire from one hand to another. I've spent um, probably a few hundred, maybe th- four, five, six hundred Goldback. I don't remember if a Goldback's about four dollars. So I spent like like a few hundred Goldback, um, a few hundred today. So these do get spent a lot. So it is acceptable. It's accepted. It has a good network and it's growing in New Hampshire. And again, people are not just going to wake up to it and start accepting Goldbacks at their business just because they love gold and gold is pretty and they'll hear about it. Also, from the other side, the dollar, they're being pushed away from the dollar. So we have this and we have this coming together. So two different massive drivers, at least two, of Goldback having that network effect and increasing because the dollar is losing popularity. Every time there's more inflation, every time people hear there's a $1.7 trillion omnibus bill of just the discretionary spending, um, they're increasing massively, sending $100 billion to politicians in Ukraine, like Zelensky, sending billions to Pakistan for gender studies and for their border wall. Um, whenever people hear about more borrowing and spending and all that stuff, all the deficit spending, people are more attracted to other alternatives, gold, silver, crypto, and so on. So so acceptability, uh, the gold back is doing well and doing better every day. And number eight is recognizable. I think, um, and this I put in there, most lists don't have it, but I put in good money should be recognizable. And that means a few things. And again, it depends on, on the market and kind of a circular logic of a net effect. When you pull out a dollar bill, everyone in the United States and, and most people throughout the world, probably, they know what it is. They know roughly what value it has. One dollar corresponds to roughly a you know small meal or a snack or uh, a cold water bottle if you're out at, at some event. So they know roughly what a dollar is. They recognize it. It's the American money. Um, you know, the euro is recognizable to those who are in the Europe area, the eurozone, um, and then some Americans who travel a lot. Um, some things, the Ukrainian Grupna, not very recognizable. The silver bits, not very recognizable yet, although it's easy to see it's silver. Um, the gold back, not as recognizable, obviously not as ubiquitous and popular yet as the dollar. It's it's only been in existence for three, four years. Um, but again, that will increase. So it's decent, but it's, it will increase. Also, it's one of those things, unlike the Grupna or the Moldovan lie or the uh, Italian or Turkish lira, um, it's easy to understand. It's not written in Turkish. It's easy to understand. It says one gold back, one thousandth of an ounce of twenty-four karat gold. So it's decently recognizable. It is beautiful. It's it, the pictures and videos never do it justice. They're infinitely more be- beautiful in person. So you got to check them out. So come find me and buy some. Um, now, as far as the recognizability, I give it um, you know a near perfect score. People can see what it is. So let me explain a bit about gold backs. Pretty much, it's twenty-four karat gold. And they they use um, vacuum deposit technology, pretty much like 3D printing, like one molecule at a time or one atom at a time, literally with a super special like million dollar laser. And they they put it onto this uh, template they have here and they have the art already in there, I believe. And then they cover it with polymer, like plastic on both sides. So it's protected and it has negative on the back, which which is nice. And it makes it like harder to, to uh, counterfeit. They're pretty much impossible to counterfeit. They have like, like the hundred dollar bill, the most they have like a million measures in there to make it pretty much impossible to counterfeit. Um, so yeah, it would cost people like millions to, to even try to get close to counterfeiting it, but they still can. So and they have serial numbers. That's what it is. Um, now, now for the trick that I, you know, said in the beginning of the show, I would do. It's the simplest thing in the world. I'm sure others figured it out. But literally, all I've done differently with my wallet here, and it's hard to see because there's a 
uh, fake background I have because I have my baby's crib and the, the house is a mess right now. So I'll try to show you if you can see the wallet. This is my wallet. It's a regular men's bifold leather wallet. It folds once like this. Um, pretty much, and for those listening on the podcast, check out the video on odyssey.com, probably slash the Liberty Block. But I take it and I put it in where the bills are. I put it in the outside most area. So here I, ha I happen to have two different um, bill pockets. So this one I have some business cards in and this one I have the bills in. But you know, most have one, that's fine. I put it to the outside. So when I close it, it's on the outside. And if you can see, what that does is the outer bills are being bent the least because with the gold backs, you don't really want to crease them. Even more important, you know, like a, a paper, imagine a nice paper um, that you don't want to get creased. It's your diploma and you care about your college degree. You don't want to crease it. What you do is uh, rounding it is more acceptable. It's not that big a deal than creasing it. The gold backs, if you round them, they, they pretty much come back to the normal shape. If you keep them rounded like this for a long time, a very long time, and while it's always bent, um, eventually they'll be a tiny bit rounded, but it's not an issue at all. If you crease them after a very long time, they look less appealing. And eventually, after a very, very long time, maybe years or decades, they could eventually, um, that polymer can have an issue, maybe. Um, and then even longer time, so you know, maybe in a, a millennium, that gold could be exposed. And then in another millennium, the gold can start rubbing off and then you lose gold content, maybe. Um, that's my hypothesis. I don't know. Um, people have done some torture tests. I think they did pretty well. But anyway, what I do is because realistically, at least in my life, and I have a weird life, but in my life, I'm wearing my wallet. I, I wear it in my front pocket. I know 99% of men wear it in the back pocket, whatever. I always wore this in my front left pocket. So my wallet's bent. Here, the gold back is being curved. So you know what? I'm going to bring it out halfway so you see what I'm talking about. That's what I should have done. So it's curved here. And now... You can see it perfect. It's literally like making a circle. Um, and because I have a fat wallet, it's making a round circle and it's on the outer edge of the circumference, essentially, of what's now rounded. So if I wear it like this, even for 24 hours a day, it's it's always going to be in perfect shape. And I've done this for a year. I carry goldbacks in my wallet, um, an average of like 15, 20 goldback. Um, I've been carrying it for a year, two, maybe maybe more in two years, three years. Um, and I use them, again, in New Hampshire fairly often um, as tips, but also to buy regular things. Um, a lot of stores, I think Murphy's, bar, tap room, dinner, they accept them. Um, so I use them. Anyway, in my life, my lifestyle personally, I uh, don't have my wallet in my pocket most of the time. When I'm in the house, I don't carry it. I put it down on my counter. And when I'm, when I'm out, when I'm at the gym, I don't really carry it because um, I, I like to have like nothing on me at the gym so I can move around. And like, that's it. When I go to work, it's in my pocket. But when even at work, when I'm in my base, it's not. Here's what I do. And here's the biggest trick. That, that's it. So if you're on video, you can see that it's flat. Instead of closing the wallet, because it won't even stay closed. The gold backs, they'll flex it out. If you see it, I'll try to get it on video. It'll open it. It causes it to open almost totally. So now the wallet's almost totally open. So because it's, it's not like a bill, it has more integrity it'll open up more. It's like a, a think like a semi-hard plastic or like a metal, like a spring. It, so it opens up my wallet. So my wallet kind of wants to be open. What I realized is I can just very easily put it down like this. So I tried to build up a table here and it's literally just flat. So open your wallet, put it on the outside. So it's, and, and just keep it flat. So I always keep it flat like this. And if someone asks, you can tell them, hey, I'll go back. Um, and that's a good conversation starter, but put it on the outermost area of your wallet. 
And then when you bend it, at most, it'll be a circle. It'll be making it into like a circle. And even in my, in my pocket, if I keep it in my pocket for 10 hours, there's no difference. So if I'm out and about all day, which I am sometimes, I went out to the woods um, and actually paid in gold back. I was uh, taking some pistol training because I, I don't shoot off as often as I should. I carry 24-7, but I don't uh, sh- shoot or practice a super serious training. And a guy, um, Ivan Cruz, his name, I believe. And I think he has a website, like uh, Cruz Brothers LLC. He does gun uh, training, pistol, rifle. He's a competitive shooter, shot for a long time, and he's a, a big, big shooter. And he's uh, also makes his own uh, lube cleaner, I guess. Uh, what do they call it? Lube and cleaner and preservative, CLP. So um, he has one of those, and, and it's he says it's awesome. Take it, spare anything, and it'll make the gun last forever and never rust and be awesome and perfect and lubed up and, and awesome. So um, he gave me some of that. And he accepts gold back. So I paid him a few gold backs and he gave me like an hour or two of training of great pistol. And uh, I was wearing my wallet that day for like 10 hours straight. And it was it was cold. I had like thick pants on. It was in a very tight uh, pocket that I could barely get my wallet out of. And, uh, you know, the gold backs are fine. So they're here. You know, some of them might seem even a tiny bit like bent like circular, but not really. Like they're pretty much perfectly flat. Some of these are pretty new, but this is like pretty much what they always look like. Literally perfectly like out of the package. If I hold it here, it's flat, like no issues at all. So if you do that, put it in the outside, the most outer area so that it's the widest kind of circle as far as circumference and keep your wallet flat. That's the big thing. Just keep your wallet flat when it's not in your pocket. Carry it whenever you have to. But if you're not, if you're at home or when I'm at work at the base, it's flat on my table and it's right there. And if you're around people you trust, you know, it doesn't really matter. In my house, it's my wife, my baby. I trust them both. And uh, when, when porcupines come over, I trust them. Um, so my wallet's sitting right there. And that's that's my trick. Yeah, I'm taking them in and out of the wallet, not a big deal. The corners and all of mine are perfect. I've never had that issue, but I've heard about the issue. Um, I don't, I'm not like super careful, but the final point I wanted to make was, and I mentioned this in one of the Goldback meetings with the Goldback people, the fact that you have to take care of them maybe a tiny bit better like than dollars, I wouldn't recommend like crumpling up, for example, a dollar, a Goldback and putting it in your sock or something with a dollar you could do that with a gold back you got to treat it a bit better i think that's not necessarily a totally bad thing i think it would be great if it was 100 durable but it's not necessarily a terrible thing saying that you know what gold because it is again god's money or real money gold should be treated with a bit more respect than the fiat fraudulent reserve note dollar bills so if you were to tell people yeah, you should treat the gold back with a bit more respect. I'm actually okay with that. I see the upside of that. So like, yes, I treat my gold backs a little differently than dollars with a bit more respect. Um, you know, you, you treat your wife maybe a little differently than you would have treated a one-night stand 10 years ago when you were drunk. Um, it's more quality, long-term, you know, you appreciate it more, so more respect. Um, oh, the final point is not every store, not every business in New Hampshire accepts gold backs yet. I think they will eventually when the dollar collapses soon, any day now. Um, but what UPMA did, and I finally did it a few weeks ago, is the the United Precious Metals Association, UPMA, which is the uh, essentially like a bank that I worked with Goldback in Utah a lot. Um, I have a Goldback account with them, and I have a, a few hundred Goldback in that that account where they physically have it in an actual physical uh, deposit box or safe or something in my vault. And you know, if you tell them to move it, they will physically go to the vault and move the Goldbacks somewhere, or send it to you in the mail or whatever. But one of the things they do is they have a debit card. It's through TrueLink Independence, uh, and it's a Visa-powered debit card. And I told them to transfer, I think, 100 goldbacks 
just the proof of concept. I wanted to see if it worked and I needed money to spend. Um, I want to spend my goldbacks in the businesses like Walmart that don't yet accept goldbacks. So they sent me a debit card. It was pretty easy to set up. And they um, put, I got a check that they put a hundred goldbacks onto it, but I have used it because I had a few goldbacks in my account. Um, and they sent it and it worked. I mean, another purchase today and it's worked a few times. So it's like a debit card, just like anything else. It's Visa, it's got the chip and everything. It's a regular debit card. And so you can spend your goldbacks. So if people ask, what do I do with goldbacks? If um, a business that I shop at doesn't accept it yet, well, tell them to accept goldbacks, explain what they are, explain they can always give them for change for customers. They can buy stuff from their uh, supplier or other partners with them. They can pay their employees and them if they want. Um, they can do all sorts of things with them or they can save them or they can always um, exchange them at the local Manchester branch or they can just order a UPMA uh, debit card. So they can have the gold backs. They can, I guess, deposit it in the UPMA account and have a debit card um, or they can just use it out in the in the community. So there are a lot of options, like four or five things to do with gold backs. So the, the debit card gives you just one more thing you can do to spend them. So all right, way longer than I wanted to go. I wanted this to be one minute to show you the wallet trick, but I, I also wanted to go over the article. So please check out libertylock.com for more. I will put this up tonight. So hopefully you'll see it really soon. And check out the Liberty Block podcast. If you have any podcast capture app or anything or Odyssey or Rumble on video, check out the podcast the Conservatarian Exchange. I'm in the middle of episode 136 right now. These hosts are so incredible. You have to listen to the Conservatarian Exchange. It's a show on the Liberty Block. Just find the podcast name. It's the Liberty Block. You can find it on any podcast catcher app that you have. If you have Podcast Go or Podcast Addict or Castbox, you can find it. And it's, I think, the best podcast. Um, they're always ahead of the curve. Pretty much, they're they're telling you everything as far as analysis and predictions politically from all over the United States and the world. Like six months ahead of pretty much any other analyst, no matter how good, I would put them against Dan Bongino, Mark Levin, any day. They're just way ahead of them because they think ahead. And I think they're a lot smarter. And they want feedback. They want callers. They will put the Zoom link out there. They'll send you the link to join the show. And they love debate. They really, really are open-minded and love debate. So check out the show. Check out LibertyBuck.com for more. Check out my books. Just sold the 700th book. Yay. Congratulations. Um, check out all these books coming out with A Fear Unity very, very soon. Publishing it hopefully in a week or two. And the design is going to be awesome. We got a great designer working on it. I'm going to pay him goldbacks, and but that'll be the seventh book. So please check out the presumed guilty, Corona fascism, the plague that must not be questioned, the blueprint for liberty, articles of secession, progressive solution, working on a whole lot more. They fear unity, and then a book about the First Amendment. So you can check out aluaxelin.com for more about the books specifically. So thank you very much, and I will see you guys soon.